transition yourself out of a business, position yourself to actually sell or start buying others, and then start either acquiring or be acquired. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Scott Fritz, who is the author of the 40 hour work year. So we actually had Scott uh, appear at our EO kind of, uh, let's call it our EO mastermind, our EO retreat uh, entrepreneurs organization in Cabo in 2018. And it was, I mean, Scott came in for a session and it was, it was pretty amazing. The whole group was blown away and he just talked about his methodologies around the book and Scott's done many other things. He, he's an entrepreneur. I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself too, but, uh, I thought the book was really great. And then he really distilled it down really quickly. And it, it was only like a couple hour session. And today you're going to get kind of the, the bite sized piece to see if you want to even, you know, take it one step further for yourself. So Scott, first and foremost, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Great to be here. Doing great. Living here in uh, Texas, nice and sunny, about 70 degrees today. Gorgeous. Nice. That's wonderful. So, yeah, why don't you give us a little background on kind of who you are and, and what your story is? Sure, yeah. So, I basically, uh, after working for the man, I worked for PepsiCo for five years, I started a company, and this is back in 1997. It's a, uh, it was a PEO, a professional employer organization. It was called Human Capital. And uh, we started with zero, uh, took out a small SBA loan, my business partner and I, her name was Karen, uh, 50-50 business partners, and basically grew the business over 10 years to $170 million, uh, top line, and we were in 42 states, and we sold uh, December of 07, which, as most people know, that was pretty good timing. Nice. And what kind of led to uh, you, so had business success, that's great, and what led into this 40-hour this work year thing? Yeah. So uh, as I talk about in the book, I, I was uh, realizing that doing the same thing over and over again, doing more of it, spending more hours in a day uh, was not actually getting me where I wanted to go. And as most people uh, realize at some point, if they're scaling their business, you need three basic tools that, that I really pushed on, which was passion, passion for the business, focus, focus on what I needed to get done and my team. And, and quite honestly, I think most entrepreneurs don't go to that next level because for a lot of reasons, they're either scared or limited in building the team. So I, I built the team and immediately started to transition myself out of the company. Got it. Okay. And so I, I guess, can you walk us through what that process looked like? And, and, and so why did you even want to transition yourself out of the company? Because most people are like, oh, you, like you mentioned, people are scared, right? People want to have control. Entrepreneurs want to be like, yeah, it's my thing. And they're, they're, they don't want to hire someone else to kind of replace them. So what is your kind of philosophy around that? Yeah. Um, so again, there's two major pivotal points, what I call, you know, mindset events. Uh, one was I had basically had a, uh, a nervous breakdown panic attack uh, after I parked my car one day because I was running 90 hours a week and I had to be the guy for everything. And so that really woke me up from a sales standpoint. And I immediately hired uh, two salespeople and, and fortunately it did not have those health problems again. 
Two years later, my wife uh, came down to me in the basement. We lived in Michigan. Said, you know, I'm ready to move. Uh, you said we'd be here five years. It's, it's cold outside. It's snowing. It's April. I don't like it. Um, so I met with my business partner and, and basically said, look, we have three options. I'm going to move in a year. Uh, we can sell the business, which, you know, we could have done it then. You can buy me out. So we had a very strong buy sell. She could have bought me out. Or I think we can build the business to run without us, meaning we can transition out of our roles in the business. I was basically the sales side. She was the ops side. And that's what started the journey, what we call at the time, the transition plan uh, for us to transition totally out of our business, uh, working in the business 0% uh, within 18 months was our timeline. That's great. And so I, I guess, you know, it's good for the, the audience to know because uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs like to hear about numbers. So maybe kind of can you walk us through the timeline in terms of like, you know, how the business was doing revenue wise. And then uh, maybe at a certain point you decided to make this transition and how things went afterwards. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so the PEO business, professional employer organization business, uh, it's a big top line because it's all your billable uh, receipts. So all your payroll, your insurance, it's an outsourced payroll HR company. So on, on 170 million, we'd run around 4% gross margin. So you're talking around 7 million. Uh, and then we were putting about 30 to 35% of that on the bottom line. When we decided to, to transition out of the business and, and I ended up moving to Las Vegas in 2002, we were doing around 40 million, 35 to 40 million. So we were probably, and again, I don't know exactly, but around a million five, a million six uh, gross margin from a standpoint of the scale size of the business. So. It was not a huge business uh, as far as running it goes. The top line sounded real large. So I tell a lot of entrepreneurs, especially NEO, that, you know, if you got a million to two million dollar business, you're not too small to start thinking about transitioning out of your business. Right. I love it. OK, cool. So, OK, you decide to start transitioning uh, out from your business. So what do you and your your ops person decide to do? Who is this person that you need to hire? How do you even find this person? Great question. So fortunately for us, uh, we had a, a director of operations at the time. His name was Seth, and he'd been with us since uh, he was our number two hire in the company. So he'd been with us about five years and we did an open interview process, uh, went out and interviewed about six different potential CEOs. And of course, Seth applied for the job as well. I highly recommend this. If you're going to hire to replace yourself and you have somebody internal, that's great, but don't just hand it to them, make them go through the same interview process you would as if you didn't have somebody. Um, and so we spent about, it was a little over 18 months getting Seth totally up to speed to become CEO and president of the company. And, and this timeline uh, was about 12 months while I was still in Michigan. And then it continued about six months after I moved. But it was a full 18 month process to get Seth to become transitioned into Karen in my role. Now, again, he'd already been with the company six years. So he was very familiar with the operations, how things should run. And he was an attorney by, by profession. Got it. Yeah. I, I want to share a story. I mean, kind of from our side, because this actually came from you to um, really push to forward, push forward kind of the, the CEO role that we're looking for right now for the, the marketing agency that I have. Right. And um, we actually went through this. It was an 18 month process to kind of groom someone internally. And what happened was we realized that this person was much stronger in certain areas. And then we, we kind of had to reposition that person and say, hey, look, you know, you're, you're welcome to put in your, your, the, your, your name in the, in, in the hat to, you know, uh, kind of compete for the CEO role. But I think you're better placed here. So it didn't work out the way I wanted to. But, you know, the idea is that if you hire someone great, they're still, you know, if you have an honest conversation, they're open to being, you know, reassigned to something that, you know, they're really good at and something that, that gives them energy. So fortunately, that conversation worked out. And now we're kind of in the final process of, of bringing on that, that CEO role. So that, that is due to uh, Scott showing up in Cabo and uh, giving us the goods. 
No, that's a great story. And I, I actually was just on the phone yesterday with a, an EO out of Seattle. He's a coaching client of mine. And, and we did the same thing. We were grooming somebody over the last year to become the CEO. And yesterday we had a one-on-one talk and he said, you know what? I've decided she's going to be a great COO, but she's not the CEO. So exactly right. Still a vital role in the company, but she's not going to be in the role that we originally thought. But that's okay. It's still a great, a great A player to have on your team. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, tough conversations, right? Yep, yep. All right, great. So, you know, there, I mean, in your book, I mean, you talked about a couple of methodologies. I think you even talked about, um, we had this guy in the podcast, uh, the the CEO from Trainio, and uh, you're the guy that introduced that. So maybe you can talk through a couple of tools that you like, maybe, um, and and then we can kind of jump through. I think there's a couple other, I remember you drawing a bunch of graphs and all that. So I want to go into that too. Yeah, so Trainio, uh, you know, one of the, I always joke when I go talk to entrepreneur groups, uh, EO, YPO, or, you know, just Vistage or whatever, and I say, you know, there's two two words I can mention right now that will make all the entrepreneurs in the room immediately ignore me or leave the room totally. And those are those are systems and training, because most entrepreneurs and myself included, we get very bored and tired of that kind of stuff. So we realized we realized early on, Karen and I, that if we did not get our systems and our training of those systems in place, there was no way we could scale this business and eventually remove ourselves from the company. Um, so yes, I introduced you to Chris Ronzio who owns Trainual. Uh, I was coaching Chris about four years ago. He had another business he was working in and he showed me this product that he purchased, a software platform called Trainual. He goes, what do you think of this? And I started looking at it and about two years ago, I said, Chris, I love your other business, but I think you should go all in on Trainual and, and really build this thing out because it's what entrepreneurs need. So it's a highly intuitive cloud-based system that you can load all of your systems into all of your SOPs, standard operating procedures, and then behind it, build the training systems, videos, audios, and it's all interconnected cross-disciplinary throughout your company. So if you make a change in the sales department or sales SOP that affects your finance SOP, real time it updates that system and that SOP in your company. Got it. I love it. Yeah. And and those of you, I mean, you know, if you're interested in learning more about it, go check it out. Uh, It's just Google Growth Everywhere uh, Trainial. That's T R A I N U A L, uh, and you can you can check it out. I, I guess Scott. So you know you have this book, the forty hour work year. So what does your life look like now? What can people kind of? Uh, what's the end state that people can imagine themselves getting to? Yeah. So the the forty hour work year, and it, it came around because I go to these EO events, entrepreneurs organization events, and pe- the people that knew me would say, Scott, come over and tell this guy about where you live. I say I live in Vegas. And no, no, no. Yeah, but tell them about how often you go back to your business. And so I say, I go back to my business one time a year. It's in Michigan. So basically the way it broke down is we spend about an hour and a half a month on the phone. I'm in Vegas. I've got my CEO, which was Seth, Karen, my CFO and myself. And we'd review the key metrics in the company. Now we had 27 entities spread over 42 states. So this took us about an hour. We didn't discuss any key litigation issues, people issues, and that would be it. So an hour and a half a month, I'm on the phone. That's 18 hours a year. We then had every year, I highly recommend this for people that aren't doing it, a two-day strategic retreat. It ended up, ended up being in Vegas the last four years. We'd fly the executive team out for that. And that's a day and a half of hard pounding, you know, forecasting budgets, uh, white paper reviews, building out your top five for the year, and then a half day of something fun. So, you know, golfing whitewater rafting, whatever, shooting guns, et cetera. And then the one day a year, I would go back and visit my company. It was usually in June because the weather was nice enough in Michigan. I'd fly back, spend a half day uh, updating the top five, meeting the people that had joined the team since the last time I was there. 
and then uh, have lunch with my business partner and fly out. So th- those were my 40 hours. <laughs> Great. And so what has that allowed you to do? Now that you freed up all the time, what do you what do you do with that free time now? Well, currently, yeah. So at that time, people always go, well, you know, 40 hours, you're still working 40 hours a year. I go, well, I don't think I work at all now because technically I'm, I'm semi-retired. I still own the company. Um, but what I did during that time was was I built my dream house, which was a crazy house, but it was it was a bucket list thing. And I did a lot of volunteer work with EO. But most importantly, I got to really spend a lot of time with my kids as they were growing up because they were still pretty young at that time. So I got to go to all the events and all that fun stuff. Since I sold the company, which is now 11 years ago, I uh, basically do business coaching. Uh, so I coach coach companies, individual entrepreneurs and their teams. I do some speaking, talk to forums like I did with you. I do some uh you know, different speaking events, alchemy, things like that. And then I'm also invested in six different uh, businesses strictly as an angel. So the angel investment side, it allows me to feed my addiction, as I like to say, of business without getting back in it and, and managing and, and having all those headaches of, uh, of running a business full time. Wonderful. And, and so with your coaching business, coaching, I'm just going to call it coaching and consulting business. How much time do you spend on that? Let's say each week now. Yeah, so it's probably around I mean, five to 10 hours. Uh, so last year, I, I, I've got currently 18 coaching clients that I work with, and that can be anything from monthly on the phone to you know quarterly face-to-face with their teams to an annual strategic session. So I, you know me, I track everything. So last year, I had 112 days, so about you know a little less than a third of the year. I was doing something around coaching, so either face-to-face, on the phone, or, or as some sort of a, a session. Great. And how do you, with your coaching, I guess with the, the kind of offerings that you have, can you walk us through kind of all the offerings and what they cost just so if someone wants to kind of work with you, you know, they can, they have some context. Sure. Absolutely. So probably the main program that, that people use is what I call my strategic focus session. So that's a one day, full day session where in the morning we, we build out your mission, vision, values, or verify them. So if you already have them, we do a little deep dive and make sure they're what they need to be. Uh, then in the afternoon, we build out your top five priorities for the year. So that's your strategic focus plan. Uh, each priority has an owner, a measurable win, and then three action steps to get the ball rolling. So most people use that program to get started with me. That program runs uh, 6000 for the day. Uh, but if you're an EO or YPO, I discount that 20%. So it's 4800 uh, for the day plus travel. Then I do a, a quarterly program, what, what I call my intrapreneur program. So this is building intrapreneurs in your business. So if you have an executive team or a team of managers that really need to step up their game, I have a four quarter full day for four quarters. It's a yearly program uh, up to 12 people. And I take them through building intrapreneurial skills. So things around how to be better leaders, how to increase your financial savviness, really learn to manage effectively, not just, you know, flying over and, and pooping on people, as they call the seagull management. Uh, and that's 3500 for EO, uh, 35 EO YPO, it's 4000 if you're not, 3500 a day for the for the year. So it's 14000 for the full year. And then I've got several other individual programs. One that a lot of people use, Eric, is if they have a business partner, is I call it the, the partner alignment session. So that's a four, that's a four hour session. I've done up to eight business partners. I mean, as few as two and as many as eight. And I, it's about as close as I get to uh, marriage counseling therapy, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm gonna say that. And we and, and when you get out of there, I mean, I've seen some amazing breakthroughs. People that have been, you know, brothers that have been in business thirty years that finally know where the heck they're gonna go now. When you leave that session, 
I guarantee you, this is my guarantee of the program, you will have five aligned talking points that you can go back to your executive team and really get them rallied around. So what I say is, look, you could disagree on 150 things, but when you leave this session, you're going to have five that you're totally aligned on. And I mean, that that is so powerful in, in small entrepreneurial companies, as you know. I love it. Perfect. And people can go, I mean, is the site, it's Growth Connect still? Correct. Yeah. GrowthConnect.com. Correct. Cool. So I, I want to go back to the CEO role a little bit, or, or maybe it was the CEO role of uh, Seth. Seth was the COO or the CEO? So he was the, he was the COO before we finally handed over the reins and he became CEO. Yeah. He was CEO and president the last four years I had the company. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I want people to think a little bit about this. I mean, it's when you're able to, you know, one of the guys that was on this podcast names, Noah Kagan, he's in, he, he gave a phrase from somebody else about, about basically, you know, you don't really have a business until the business can grow without you. And so this CEO role, I, I so I want to challenge people to think about it, but how do you, how did you handle compensation for this, this, this new role? Yeah. So, um, and, and again, I, one of my rules, and I might've mentioned this when I met with you in Cabo is, uh, as a company as a whole, we always believed in 20% uh, base pay below market. So if the average market rate for, for somebody was 100000 we would offer them 80000 But our bonus opportunity, our pay for performance, because we had a very performance-based culture, was 100% over market. So if that same person can make fifty grand from the business they were coming from, we would make it possible for them to make a hundred grand in bonus. So they were always getting paid more, but it was more on a performance base than a than a you know base pay. So Karen, we were an HR company, so Karen did some basic overviews of what you know CEOs in our market were making. Uh, the compensation package again was twenty percent below base, hundred percent above on. Uh, bonus. Got it. And then Karen and I offered, we, we didn't ever offer ownership. People could always buy in. Uh, and Seth did buy in two different times, um, some units of our LLC. Um, but we offered 1% each of our ownership at close when we sold the business. And um, so he obviously got a nice payday when that happened as well. Nice. Wait, so to, to clarify, okay, so if his base, uh, Seth's base started at 100 with bonuses, all in comp would be 200, correct? Well, again, no, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he made, I think he averaged right around 180 to 210 was where he was on an average over the four years. Got it. Okay, great. And then when you say uh, you offered kind of shares for him to buy into, did you cap it at 1% or, or how did that look? So uh, twice a year uh, in the fall and in the spring, we opened it up to the whole company. So right. you could buy minimum, you had to spend it, you had to buy at least $50,000 worth of units. We weren't just going to go around and sell, you know, $1,000 here, 500 there. So uh, 50,000 twice a year, you could buy in a uh, minimum up to 200,000 uh, of Karen and my, so founder units, these weren't shadow shares or, you know, warrants or anything like that. And, and Seth two different times bought in at 50,000. So over the four years, he, he bought into a hundred thousand dollars of units in the company. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So uh, I, I guess it, that to me, I mean, how, how many shares or how much worth of uh, units did you actually end up selling before you sold the business? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even think it was a half a percent. I mean, it was, it was pretty small. Um, but again, you know, my goal was always with this, you know, people talk about what well, giving units and all that. I mean, it's a whole different ball game when somebody actually has skin in the game and, and goes and takes a mortgage out on their house to buy units. Right. It's not only a whole different ball game. It's, it's getting them to think entrepreneurially, getting them to think like an owner, not an employee. It's a whole other ball. Yeah, I, I think to, to put that amount of risk, I, I think risk is the key word, right? Because sometimes people will ask, you know, even when they're interviewing, is there any equity? And, and to me, it's like, okay, you know, I 
came into this company six years ago, bought into it when it was negative, and then um, you know put in all the risk, all, all that time and the money too. So you know if you want to put some risk up, then you know you can buy in for you know fifty k a pop, and I, I like that model. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're where were those same people when you, you you couldn't even make payroll and you weren't taking a salary like I was? I mean, that's that's a whole different ballgame. Like you said, very few people will jump off that cliff. I mean, that's what entrepreneurs all, are all about. So. Love it. Cool. So just, I mean, kind of nerding out on the business model a little more before we kind of work towards wrapping up. So the book that you have, the 40 hour uh, work year, which I recommend to everyone to, to, to check out, does that funnel into your kind of the, the consulting and the coaching that you have going on? Is that the idea? Well, it's kind of a great question. It's kind of funny when I, uh, I used to do a presentation to forums called transition position acquisition, which, you know, real sexy name, but that's basically what the book's broken into, which is transition yourself out of a business position yourself to actually sell or start buying others and then start either acquiring or be acquired. And what happened was I'd go around and do this talk and people would say, well, when's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? I said, you know what? I don't want to write a book. This was like 08, 09, uh, 2008, 2009. So the book came out in 2010 and really it came out as, well, I got to write a book. It's a bucket list and it'll stop these people from asking me every time where's the book. Now what happened is, and you know this because you're, you're very much into the media and that sort of thing. About six months after the book came out, I had 18 coaching clients because people passed the book around and read it and said, come help us do what you did. So yes, answer, long answer is yes, it became a marketing tool, but it really started out as a bucket list and for a way for people to stop asking me to write a book. Love it. Cool. It all works out beautifully. Great, man. So working towards wrapping up here, I mean, what is one book you'd recommend aside from your own that, uh, that you think would you know be great for entrepreneurs or just in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been recommending uh, Rework lately. I'm sure that's not a real new book, but I, I think that's a great book that's out there from a standpoint. Uh, Rework, R-E-W-R-K, something that I read. And again, I always recommend this in my talk is, you know, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, it's been around for 80 years, but I highly recommend if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich to read that book. I mean, the principles and tools in there, 80% of what you hear now is, is in that book. And it was, you know, written in 1937. So it's a great book. We'll drop that in the show notes. And yeah, I think and grow rich is actually, now that you bring it up, now I actually remember the, the same phrases I repeat to myself every morning. I, I guess I've been doing it since I was 24. It, it comes from that book and it hasn't stopped, you know? So, you know, I, I, I'll kind of you know, give, give you a plus one there. Yeah. So the, in, in terms of, uh, so we talked about training a little bit, but is there any other tool that you've added perhaps in the last 12 months that's made a big difference in either personal or business? Not, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm not that, uh, high tech, uh, app user guy, you know, I'm, I'm an older guy and I, I don't, I still kind of stick to what I know and what I love. So there really isn't anything that I've personally put in place that I use. If anything, I've, I've decoupled from some of the things I was using. I'm, I'm kind of going back to old school in a way. Yeah, that's very valid. I mean, that old school that you're talking about is a new school everyone's trying to eliminate now. So that, that's very valid. Cool, man. So Scott, what is the best way for people to, to find you online? Sure. Uh, so again, uh, growthconnect.com, you know, just growthconnect.com. If you go to 40hourworkyear.com, that's 40, the number 40hourworkyear.com, I actually have my full program, video program uh, available if people want to get that. And then, uh, you know, if you want to email me, I'm good with that. It's just scott at growthconnect.com. All right, Scott, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Eric. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.